The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace, you can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome. That was an abrupt beginning, wasn't it? Hi, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm your host on this, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak, the visual workplace. Hmm? Been doing this work about 30 years, and in each aspect, in each of these shows, I want to share with you some aspect of what I've learned over these last many, many decades of working in this wonderful field called workplace visuality, which is essentially about embedding the intelligence of our operational system into the living landscape of work through visual devices. This is a field of expression and of language. We install the language of our current level of operational excellence, even if we are not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we soon will be. We install it into the physical environment. It resides there as visual devices. Each of those devices capture, organize, express information that we need, brings meaning to us so that we can do our work, we can do it well, we can do it better, we can do it more safely, we can do it on time, we can do the dance of work. We can flow through our work, which we have so carefully engineered, but those darn sniggly little information deficits keep defeating us. Little tiny snippets of information, a speck, a digit, a palette of materials, a work order, a medication level, a report or a page of a report or one datum in the report, all of these information deficits that we are constantly chasing down and that make that make work, these deficits, make work a struggle. So we don't go to work to enjoy ourselves, we go to work to battle to battle this missing information. The visual workplace is not the same as lean, but it is a powerful strategic partner to excellence. And it is more than just a kiss and a hug. This is a marriage of information and the physical workplace so that the information of work is embedded, embedded into that physicality and expresses itself when and as we need it because we have made it so. We have designed it like that. And what do we get for our effort? We get bottom line benefits. 
We get improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs. We have seen, and you've heard me say this many, many times, 8%, 15%, 30%, 34% increase in productivity. The last one was from an engineering group. Their information deficits, in their view, was interruptions. Other people needed information from them, and they attacked it through visuality. And those interruptions shrank and shrank and shrank. And, you know, engineers are pretty meticulous. <laughs> they know how to calculate. They know how to compute. They're all about structure. And they computed that their productivity had increased 34%. And if you work in an engineering department or you manage one, this is a lot of gained productivity and happy, uninterrupted engineers. But remember, to the extent that the engineers were not interrupted, others in the organization could also do their work flowingly because they didn't need the information. So they didn't have to seek it and they could do their own work. They could do their own dance. So the enterprise becomes increasingly fluid in the information flow, exact information, deep information, precise information, and complete on time. This is when I say, oh, wonderful. And that's what this show is about. We've begun a new series. We're in our fifth show as of today of the leadership series, and I'm going to get into that in a moment. Let me make my few announcements. So here's what's new. We are going to give away a book. You get a choice of my visual thinking book or my work that makes sense book. One has 200 colored pages. One of them has uh, 500, I'm sorry, colored photos, examples. We will ship those to you. you. If you live in a faraway place, you have to give us a carrier number. Do you know what it costs almost $250 to ship one of my books to Australia? <laughs> Ridiculous. So if you want it, we'll send it, but you give us your carrier number. And we're going to give away a book, a show, for anyone who calls in. You call in. It'll interrupt me. So what? And you ask a question, any question you like. It can be about today's topic or it can be about something else. Okay? And I want to also encourage you, although there's no gift attack, at, attached except my uh, my response, well, I'm sorry for calling that a gift. How embarrassing. But if you uh, email us, we'd be very happy to uh, respond to your questions. I know that many of you, something like 50,000 people a month, <laughs> many of you listen to us by podcast. The rest of you listen live to our four shows a month. And so podcasts make it impossible for you to call in with your questions. But please email. I will answer them. I'll answer them on air or I'll answer them uh, by email response. But I will answer them. I promise. That's my promise. I'm really, really good at my, my promises. They drive my life. So I wanted to tell you that our pad- podcasts are available on our website. Uh, I want to thank Alex Blair, who is our IT Great, great um, um, assistant, helper, um, doer of all kinds. I want to thank you, Alex, for putting together the podcast, and he's making them even better. They're now available grouped by category, by infrastructure, by empowerment, by 5S, by leadership. All of our interviews are grouped as well. 
and you can access them at visualworkplace.com. You'll see it on the top navigation. It'll say podcasts, and they're all there. He's doing a new iteration. It was supposed to be out today, but I think it'll be out after the show. Okay, so you can, or you can download them from iTunes directly from um, voiceamerica.com. Uh, the Visual Workplace. It's under The Visual Workplace. Okay? I also want to mention our on-demand webinar series, as I do each week, Work That Makes Sense. It is 50, 11 webinars for operators, but also five behind-the-scene webinars for pre-launch planning, preparation, troubleshooting, and helping you become a brilliant visual workplace trainer. Okay? Uh, with a resource folio. So I want you to check that out as well because we think that it is an outstanding package and we will be adding all of my work to that. Visual displays, visual leadership, all of it. Um, visual controls, visual quality, whatever. Okay, all of it. And also we are having a uh, seminar a visual thinking seminar and a visual leadership seminar in Portland. We have the dates. Our visual assessment partner is uh, Benchmade Knife here in Portland, a wonderful organization that makes these really beautiful uh, gift knives. We're having that in April. The dates in April are April 8th, 9th, and 10th. So visual thinking will be on the 8th, which is a Tuesday. Visual leadership will be on the 9th. And uh, on Thursday, April the 10th, we will have our visual assessment. This isn't a tour, although a tour is part of it. This is learning how to apply what you learned in the visual thinking seminar to a plant. How do you assess a plant? How do you know where its strengths are in visuality and where it needs to go further? But then how do you decide which to do first? Because it's fine to complain about a plant that it can be better and should have this and should have that. But we're talking about the limitations, the constraints of resources, time and money and lost production. How do you decide what is the most important? What is mission critical? Okay, so that's what that third day is about. And that'll be on our website. We just found out about it yesterday. Benchmade called us and said, yes, we are going to go ahead. And... Um, you will, uh, the announcement will be out in a few days. Just give us a little bit of time to catch up with that. And then our Oklahoma City event, visual thinking and a side assessment of Kim Ray in Oklahoma City will be May 14th and 15th. I'm doing something in England, uh, uh, in June or July, but, uh, the plant hasn't been named yet, so we don't have the exact dates. Okay. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Last week, we, now we're beginning the show, the, the new stuff. Last week we spoke of digging, we began to dig into the supervisor's new role in a company, in a company that practices or is beginning to learn visual leadership. And remember, when we speak of supervisors, we also mean managers, middle managers. We do not mean executives. Executives are in a separate pocket. In visual leadership, the divide is pretty precise between supervisors, managers, and executives. And the nature of this division is based on the two categories of function that each represents. These later play out in, in, two, in categories of visual function, but right now executives function differently, have a different purpose than managers and supervisors. Supervisors, we mean managers as well, 
lead. Their purpose is to execute or represent or perform the corporate intent. The executives set the corporate intent. So one performs it or makes it happen or supervises it, manages it into reality. The other sets it. And and in visual leadership, the tools break along those lines as well. The three plus tools that I will be talking about in, in a few shows. We have got some stuff to do first. The tools of supervisors as leaders of improvement, if you remember I use that t- term, and that is the new job description for supervisors in a visually excellent enterprise. The supervisors use a set of tools of visual displays, Visual metrics and visual problem solving, those two go hand in hand. Metrics and problem solving go hand in hand. And the third tool is the operations roadmap. The executives have a separate set of tools to visually lead. The operation system improvement template, what a mouthful. You call it the house, and so do I, but it has some additional features. The X-type matrix is the second visual tool for the executive or some formulation of that and do not set aside the X-type matrix because the chances are you are not taught properly. The X-type matrix is a tool that simplifies. It does not complicate. We'll be going through that. We'll probably spend a whole show on that. So the second tool is the X-type matrix and the third tool is the war room and I strongly advise that you do not jump to the war room without doing the previous two, the house and the X-type matrix, because the war room can be the absolute brain center of your enterprise, no matter how large, how, how small. But people largely misunderstand it. They call a war room simply a bunch of charts on the wall, and even though that's extremely helpful, the way we discussed the LCD last week, it's helpful. It is not the purpose or the execution of the war room. The war room is something else. This is Battlestar Galactica. This is the Enterprise. This is Star Wars. Oh, yes. Okay, so we're sliding into our break. And uh, I wish I knew more because I would be an arch geek. I just don't get the zeros and O's. I don't even get musical notes on a page. But if I did... If I really did have an aptitude for engineering, I would be the uber geek because I love this geeky stuff. (laughs) Instead, I'm relegated to this field, which I love so, so well, called visuality. And I bring what I bring to it. All right. So please come back in a minute. We're going into our first break, and we will begin walking through this seven-element model of Supervisors as Leaders of Improvement. I'll see you in a moment. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, 
Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, Visual Edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. listening to The Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, hi, welcome back. Welcome back. During the break, Kevin Gassman, who is our technical director, was telling me about a sh- uh, uh, episode of Portlandia where they watched uh, Battlestar Galactica in three days. It took me three weeks. There were 76 episodes, but I watched it in three weeks. Boy, I tell you, that was unbelievable. So moving on, what we're going to do today is unnest the template for a leader of improvement who is a supervisor slash manager, okay? So, and then we'll go, and then in the next show, that'll be next week, we'll do the same thing for executives, and then we'll go into the tools. But I need to kind of set up this thing, and we are confined to the linear reality of talking in sequence, I can't do a a mind melt. You can't get the whole thing that I've discovered in a mind melt, so I have to kind of do it in sequence and pieces. Okay? So supervisors are responsible for executing the corporate intent and improving that execution, and executives are responsible for formulating the corporate intent, deciding, choosing, driving, and improving the whole enterprise. That's where we get this leadership of improvement. So in the same vein, each of the two roles require its own job description. What does a leader of improvement on the supervisory level do? What are her or his activities, duties, tasks, activities in support of that? And remember, we have expanded the definition of supervisor so that it encompasses improvement. In fact, more than that, leading improvement is at the heart. Improvement is at the heart of the supervisory job description. 
It may be difficult to imagine this right now if you are currently a supervisor, uh, a traditional supervisor, or you are supervising supervisors or managers in a traditional framework. How do you even have time for improvement? You hardly have time to do the list of all those things. Leading is at the heart of the new job description for everyone. The executive is leading improvement, not just running the company. The supervisor is leading improvement, not just expediting, scheduling, monitoring. And there will be tools that are the corollary of that, and that is the beauty of visual, that we are embedding that job description through visual tools and and this is the magic of it, the visual tools themselves create the possibility of that job description taking root. They make space. We spoke about this repeatedly, about the margin. Because the devices are concrete, their purpose exists in the material world. They take up space. But they also make space. They make space for the executive And for the supervisor to think, to be, to decide, to move, and to drive, to learn how to drive. That is missing from so many of the enterprises. I see hundreds of companies a year and good ones. And the missing piece, if I were to say it in one word, is that the organization, no one is driving the organization. They're just managing it. Menager to train horses. They're just kind of moving things around gingerly or throwing their full weight behind it. But in visuality and in visual leadership and becoming a leader of improvement, the progression is physical. It's increasingly physical. This is where the margin comes from that we have so often discussed since I started this series about a month ago. Visuality provides margin. It makes room, breathing room. And in that breathing room, we change, we grow, we shift our identity because there's room to do it. The reverse is also true. Where there is no space, that means there is no visuality. There is simply a deepening compression of all that is not done, all that yet needs to be done, all of our failures, the weight of that. All that thinking and deciding and struggling that goes nowhere but struggle. It's just struggle. Who can get better in that environment? And so supervisors go home. They can't even breathe at work. They go home and they kick the dog or they drown the goldfish. It ain't pretty. So today we're going to plump out the job description of the supervisor slash manager. It's a seven-element model that expresses itself through a set of visual mechanisms or devices. It's not exactly tit for tat. This element has this visual device tied to it. No, no, no. Visuality is an expression as well. Visual tools will assist in each part of it, and I'll describe to you how. We'll touch on some of those devices today, but I'm going to resist getting carried away and unnesting them in any appreciable detail in this show. 
Because, you know, we'll run out of time again, and then you'll holler at me for being pokey. I just want to present the model for your consideration. And then next week, we'll undertake the executive schemata, another seven-element model for VPs, GMs, presidents, plant managers, CEOs. So let's go. The template for describing the new role for supervisor as a leader of improvement has seven elements. So imagine, if you will, a tile or a shape with six sides. It's what's called a hexagon. Hex means six in Greek. It's a hexagon. It's a shape that has six sides. And there are seven of them. There's one in the middle, in the center, and the six of them, because the one in the middle has six sides. The six of them is nested are, are nested around that central one. You can just draw that out. It's as though you have a circle in the middle and then six circles going around the circle in the middle. Only the shape is a hexagon. And I just like the hexagon as a tile because it, it, it fits uh, tightly. That's my preference. So what we're looking at is a job description in seven parts, like seven bullet points. But the bullet points, the content of the bullet points is different. This is not a list of six activities that a good supervisor does, like make sure the material has arrived. No, no, no. Check the manning levels. That's not it. Track production. Deal with problems as they arise. Enforce quality checks and audits. Supervise value-add associates operators. Do next-day planning. There's a list of seven, but that's all it is. It's It's a list. It's not synergistic. It's not interactive. And it is simply a list of tasks. Not really an identity. It's not whole. It holds no identity It's just a to-do. I'm not saying that it's not important. Of course it's important. These things must be done. Chunka, chunka, chunka. But when you roll them up, can we as human beings say, yes, that's me? Or can we say, there's no me in that? Or can it happen that the me part is when we say, wow, This supervisor is just doing those seven tasks and something about him makes it extraordinary. He does it differently. He does it with a kind of imagination or inspiration that is unusual. I think we should promote him. Let's not let him be a supervisor anymore because he's got that little extra something that makes it different, not just the tasks. He has a different kind of mindset, we might say, but the word I use is identity. He actually is a different person and sees himself differently. Look, I'm a great admirer of the work of David Mann and of his book, but supervisor standard work has built-in limitations in terms of any company that wants to see or does see a different future than simply the repetition of the present. The repetition of tasks. Supervisor standard work is an important step, but it is very, very elementary. And I think in many ways, if you're familiar with the model, 
It makes us feel complete when really it is simply a first step. It does not speak to a future of growth and vision. Maybe that's not its purpose. I've met David. You know, we've had conversations. Maybe he wants to just focus on that little thing, and that's an important contribution. But how do we create a future that is different than than we are right now, the, the enterprise in ourselves, substantively and substantially? Can you put your finger on it? How do we do that? Can you put your finger on that future? What is life beyond standard work for managers and supervisors and executives? After I get that list down and I execute it reliably, what does that get me? What it gets me is a well-executed list. I did the list. I, I, I did the list. I cleaned the kitchen. I expedited the work. I got the material to arrive on time. But what is the greater framework? What is the thought, the great thought in which I do that execution, those tasks? Did it really change anything or did it simply execute what needed to be done reliably? Did it open a new door or did I merely walk the line again and again and again? This is a different dimension Shifting supervisors away from the task list, even though they're going to have to do those tasks for quite some time until the enterprise goes through a monumental shift, which is usually very gradual, almost invisible, but with intent and with the framework of visual devices, it can happen, and it does happen. What is it all about? What is the larger framework? Then do it, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. This isn't McDonald's. McDonald's itself has a greater vision. It's been acting itself out for the last 50 years, for heaven's sakes. And I think admirably, admirably, admirably well. So we're sliding into a break. I'm getting all kinds of jumping down, up and down from uh, a good Kevin Gassman. And I'll be back in a moment. I'll be here. I hope you join me. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Game-changing technologies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up the status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. 
They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take a coffee break with Game Changers on Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on today's top big data innovators. Learn about emerging big trends and technologies and how you can grow your business and profit. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790. That's toll free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. So just before the break, we were talking about the well-executed list. Today's show is about um, describing setting forth the job description for a leader of improvement on the supervisory level. If you are a supervisor or you supervise supervisors, you know that supervisors have a list of things to do during the course of a given day. I read it before. Make sure the material has arrived if we're talking about manufacturing of some sort. Check your manning levels. Make sure the right people are there. Track production. Deal with the problems. Enforce quality or supervised quality if you don't want to be an enforcer. Connect with operators. Do your next day planning. Okay, routine tasks. Again and again and again. And if supervisors were automatons, then we would praise them for their reliable repeatability. And when we stop the possibility of supervisors contributing with simply asking them to do standard work, we, in fact, are saying that's all you're about. Just execute this and you will be making your contribution. And in a little while, we probably will purchase some automatons, some machines, to bring this about because they're famous for their reliable repeatability machines are. We program them and they perform according to plan according to that program. But look again, a supervisor is a human being, and we have to ask ourselves, does it serve our purposes to ask so little of our supervisors, even though it's hard right now to get that darn list done? What is waiting for us once the list is conquered? Are we prepared for it? Do we even know there's a capability that is beyond repeatability? Just because the wiggle in this in our wiggly production system expresses itself at the supervisory level and on the management, middle management level, doesn't mean that that is where the control needs to be inserted or the innovation. Control the supervisor, control the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yes, stability is the cornerstone of progress. And as you'll hear in a moment, that's exactly where my leader of improvement model starts. Improve the first step at noon. We're going to go around it clockwise. At noon is stabilized. But for me, that doesn't mean to guarantee repeatability. It means to stabilize the work area in all its many dimensions. 
and let the work rest in a known and visible visual framework. For a hundred years, we've tried in every way to replace the operator's job with a machine, literally. And we've made progress if that is, that is progress. We've taken those terrible tasks away from operators and they're, they're now done by machines with great precision previously executed by operators. But what we've learned along the way and only recently in the last 30 years is that operators can do what machines cannot. They can think, they can feel, they can know, they can intuit. They can sense because of the nature of their brain, our brain and our emotional intelligence and our mind. We can improve. Machines cannot The self-aware computer is still just a little bit in our future. The self-aware machine is not yet an employee. So when we speak of supervisor standard work, which which at the moment no machine can duplicate, we can put that list in place, do this, do this, the seven things, the eight things, the 20 things, and that will help to stabilize the operations, but what then? And so I kind of like the idea of having a job description for supervisors, managers that is wider than just the execution of known tasks, leader of improvement to inspire growth and a widening understanding of our roles and therefore ourselves. The first element of the seven element model right there in the center, the central hexagon is improve. That is at the heart of the um, supervisory job description. Improve. When we get to the executives, that heart will be lead. Improve is happening for supervisors. We put improve as the heart of the matter, and it replaces the other, the previous center, which was to manage. In place of manage, which is attending to logistics, scheduling, expediting, firefighting, instant problem solving, and monitoring, monitoring well everything, all 350 KPIs in my department, hmm? we substitute and replace that with improve. That is the heart of the matter. You are in charge of the improvement of your area. And I define it, this will look very familiar to you, sound very familiar, reduce operational waste and increase the value and quality of the company's processes, people, and performance. Yes, reduce waste, but also increase value. Not just the value-adding components of the work of operations, of the company's processes, but of people, performances, and outcomes the value of the outcome. I'm participating as a supervisor in the company's growth, in their prosperity, in our prosperity. And this improve heart, which is at the center, is the anchor element for the other behavioral elements that inscribe around it, that define the new supervisor manager. The other components are with improve at the center, starting at noon, and then going clockwise, stabilize, measure, target, deploy, coach, and model. 
stabilize, measure, target, deploy, coach, and at 11 o'clock model. This is what I have found. This is an apt description of the supervisor's role when he or she takes on the mantle of becoming a leader of improvement. When he or she is mandated by his or her supervisor, manager, CEO to shift. What we need here is something more from you. You have served us well. We need something more. And we will organize this in a way that it is known and knowable, that it is systematic, and that we will help you build your skill because these are areas of skill, but within a different concept. We're not asking you to give up your old skills, but we're asking you to organize them or frame them in a different way. And it will take us a while to make this transition. It might take us a year, but you will see a change in the first three months. This is gradual, but not so gradual that you'll lose sight of it. There are specific activities, behaviors that you can engage in that will get you on your way. So we go to noon, and the first element is stabilize. The first step you're responsible for, for undertaking in your role, your new role as improvement leader in your department, is to stabilize. And what we mean by that is to define and clarify standards, reduce abnormalities within those standards, not all, stand, not all abnormalities, just within those standards, and build adherence. So what we're talking about is something you're, most of you are already doing. You're already on your way to implementing standard work. Keep going. But your focus is slightly different. The end outcome is not standard work. Your end outcome is to build adherence. And the only way to that standard work, the only way that you can build adherence to standard work is through visuality. I know of no other tool, no other paradigm, no other process that builds adherence. In fact, adherence is, I'm sorry, the visual workplace is a gigantic adherence mechanism. Because if you remember our definition, it is this. A visual workplace is where what is supposed to happen does happen, on time, every time, day or night, because of visual devices. That can only happen because of the visual devices, that's how we get a self-ordering, self-explaining, self-regulating, and on the higher levels, self-improving work environment. That is the only place where standards can happen and do happen. So we stabilize. And what we measure, which is this, the third element, and if you're on the clock, then it's around 2 o'clock, between sitting on 3 Two and between two and three, the little tile is there. In that element, the third element, measure, we use measures, we install measures that drive improvement so we can notice the abnormality, not of all 350 KPIs, but of a selected KPI. And when we do our show on metrics, I'll emphasize this point some more. Because all measurement is part of a greater system of behavior, 
you can choose any measurement and touch all, all behavior. So you choose a measure and you focus on it. You focus so that you learn how to drive through measures and you know how, you learn how to work them. And where are you driving? You're driving, driving down the causal chain. So you're stabilizing, you're defining your, your standards, then you're seeing what the wiggle in your standards are, what the wiggle in your standard is, that's the measurement part. And the third, I want to say something else about how, how these measurements are not KPIs. When we measure, we show people what winning means and what losing means. We tell them the score. And just as in a, a sports game, we become very interested, except for last week's Super Bowl where we got very bored, we, got, we become very interested in the score to see a change and to see how the performance that is happening on the field is changing the score or not. We become riveted. Is that the dynamic in your area, leaders of improvement, supervisors, where people become riveted on the score as it changes or doesn't change or gets worse or what does winning mean? KPIs are not like that. KPIs are not timely enough. They're not specific enough. They don't and cannot trigger direct immediate changes in behavior. KPIs do not trigger improvement. They are not tools of the new leadership. Yes, we collect them. And what we do in the fourth element is we target. We say this is the measure that's important. This is the abnormality we're going after. Not all things, but some things. One thing, I should say. Not all things, but one thing. And there are lots of visual tools that support the targeting not just the red line and the green line on your, on your metrics, but hit lists and later on, as you'll find out, the operations roadmap, which brings the corporate targets into uh, the operational level. So we've hit four of them, improve, stabilize, measure, target. I'm skimming these, but I want you to get the model, and I want you to understand, as I describe it, that this is the um, profile of the new supervisor. And even though they're going to do those seven tasks I talked about before, the manning and the checking and the tracking and the dealing with and the enforcing and the planning of the next day, this is not where their focus is. Those are simply tasks, nor is it where their identity is because there is no identity in that. It is simply a to-do list Important, just like brushing my teeth is important, but not compelling. Okay, so we're going into our last break, and uh, I'll be here when you get back, and we'll finish up the model. Give it a kiss. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. 
Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. You know, I'm such a motor mouth. I said to you, I'd, I uh, incited you to call in with a question, uh, and we would give a book away. I'm going to have to solve that problem because I talk too much, and, you know, I talk at a pace. I'll figure it out. I've got some good people here. And I'm thinking, you know, how can I get through my, my, my construct if somebody calls? i got to figure that out. I'm, I apologize, but I will figure it out. So, seven-part model, improve is at the center. Then we go to noon, stabilize, and we're going clockwise, measure, target. And after we target, we help people. Sorry. Let me get very clear on my definition of target. We... Ensure that improvement activity is focused and aligned with key operational objectives shown by our understanding of the gap between normal and abnormal for our area. Then we deploy. We implement that. We implement the, that operational improvement effort that measuring and targeting represents. We deploy that change. And it is not a blanket improvement. This is where the improvement model just goes crazy, where you just start trying to improve all your KPIs. You have to choose. You have to decide. That is one of the purposes, one of the um, requirements of a leader, that a, a, a leader has to decide, has to say yes to the few and wait to the many. I have many, many improvement goals, but we're going to do this one. Because I understand that my department is a a department that is a dynamic system. And as a dynamic system, just as with the body, 
which is a dynamic system. If I touch any part of it, I touch all of it. So I'm going to decide what we go after. Or you can give it over to operators. They'll decide for you. But it'll have a single focus, not be everything all at once. The next component is coach to help others focus and achieve the improvement vision or their own. In some cases, an operator will have their own improvement vision and you would be wise to let him or her run with it. But for the most part, we're going to work on a a change and improvement together. And there is a difference between teaching and coaching. When we teach, we pass on or impart new knowledge. When we coach, we help people use and apply that new knowledge. For example, you may teach people how to use A3 problem solving. But the supervisor, and a trainer will do that. But the supervisor will coach us in the use so that we can actually apply the benefit of that tool. And you know, there are coaches and coaches. Bobby Knight was called a coach. A coach and a flying chair. But coaches in the new leadership have an improvement vision and they have a careful way of bringing it into the awareness of the people who report to them. Not through a a bludgeon, but through personal development, through understanding the the person you're, you're coaching, through bringing them along, coaching. Let me move through the last two elements, modeling. This is very, very, very rich. Modeling is applying the values and the tools of the new leadership for the benefit of yourself. You model it. Because you want it for yourself. You want what you've been teaching to your operators in your area, to your value-add associates, for yourself, to benefit yourself. You want to stabilize your work. You want to measure it, target, and deploy. You want to learn more. You want to improve. A lot, a lot of supervisors and managers have difficulty with this. They don't know how to turn the tools that they are teaching to others, or I should say that they are coaching and supporting in others, to themselves. They kind of leave themselves out of the equation. It's a little bit dysfunctional. They help others but not themselves. But in this model, it is. The final element is do it for yourself and for your own work. Use the strength of the model. And there are two components of this which I I can hit in the next two minutes before we say... Uh, in an organization, wonderful organization called Delphi Deltron, uh, Deltronicos in Matamoros. Oh, golly, I wish I could remember his name. Oh, darn it. The plant manager was having some trouble getting people to under, getting his supervisors and his managers to understand that they needed to be improvement. They needed to improve their own work. And so what he set up for them, he said, look, You've got your teams doing this work. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find an improvement project somewhere in this plant that holds 3,000 employees and take a picture of it. But here's the parameters. It's something that you will do yourself and can accomplish over the next month. Take a picture of that. It's got to be physical. It isn't an idea. It is an idea that's embedded, so it is physical. Take a picture of it, put it under your name on this board, and a month later, give me a picture of it 
after uh, uh, your application, after your improvement. I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to go to the board. There's your name. You give me your picture at the start of the month. You give me the picture at the end of the month. I see it. No explanation. And I want you guys to get used to the idea that you're improvement contributors as well. This is fabulous. And he could tell at, at a glance who wasn't doing their work because they, either the first picture would be m- missing, the one that was supposed to be there at the beginning, and it was the 15th of the month, and he knows right away, this person needs some help, some encouragement. Let me help them. Let me coach. Or there wasn't the final picture, the second picture that said, here's what I did, boss. But that was his way of getting supervisors and managers. He had a board of about 60 of these 60 names. I'm looking at it right now. And, and he would know at a glance where his strength was, and he could begin to cultivate that in the supervisor, in the managers, because they were teaching it to others. They needed to do it for themselves. They needed to model it, not so others could see it, but so they could benefit from the behaviors themselves, and that's a seven-point model. Hmm? There it is. Improve in the center, stabilize, measure, target, deploy, coach, and model. The second part of that, which we will spend at least one show on, is supervisors create visual displays for themselves that show their pain. (laughs) You've heard me talk about this before. So we will pick up the executive model next week. I think this has given you a good scan. If you want to listen to it again, you'll pick up more. Please send me your questions. Maybe we'll give a book away for questions, but I don't know if we have that many books left. Like thousands. (laughs) I wish. But thank you very much for your emails. So this is Gwendolyn Galsworth. And I am saying goodbye for this time, signing off, and looking forward to seeing you again, hearing you again, and being with you again. Bye. appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again.